Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared. At Edwards & Associates PC, our business is the business of dentistry. For help or more information, visit our website at enassociates.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beyond Bite Wings. In today's episode, we will be talking about things you probably haven't considered implementing. Now, within the studio, we have Robert. Good afternoon. And myself, Ash. How are you guys? Uh, Well, I'm I'm great. (laughs) (laughs) You know, typically we'll have like at least two other people in the studio and that became like a memorized line. But then (laughs) right after saying it, I'm like, okay, there's only Robert here today. (laughs) So how are you, Rob? (laughs) I'm good. Thanks. All right. So what do you think about today's episode? Well, I, you know, I look at the list on the little notes I have in front of me and I think, yeah, these are good topics. And, you know, I'm married to a practice management consultant and I know a lot of times she has talked to doctors about implementing some of these ideas and six months later, she'll say, you know, they're not doing it. (laughs) (laughs) And I know from my personal experience, one of these things, you know, we've talked about with a lot of our clients, I mean, um, tons of our clients and, and they do it. And then after a year or so, they don't do it. Right, right. They just, you know, I don't know why. I really don't know why. I mean, some of them I've I've heard from people, they'll actually say it's a waste of time, which I hate to hear that. Some people say, hey, it's too complicated. Some people just say, I don't need that. I mean, I hear all these objections, but some of the most successful dental practices that I know out there implement consistently implement all of these ideas. Right. And some of these, honestly, as I look at them, I feel like they're so easy to implement. I mean, maybe one or two may require some additional steps and not really even expensive. Right. Right. And you'd think that, oh, aren't some of these things common sense to, you know, implement in your business so you can produce more. But yeah, so we're going to spend the whole episode today talking about these things that we have listed here. Which one would you like to start with, Robert? I think a good place to start would be number one. Okay. Awesome. (laughs) All right. And what is that? Employee policy handbook or employee manual. Again, a phone call I had this morning with a client mentioned that they had a policy manual. And my first question was, when was it written? I think his answer was 2015. (laughs) And I said, okay, what can you tell me? about your benefits that you offer your employees. And he said, I don't know. I'd have to go get the policy manual. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. (laughs) So I recommended, I mean, I know there have been changes that should have been made since 2015. I mean, first of all, there's a lot of differences in the limitations on 401k deductions and what benefits are offered to employees. Because with the current competitive environment with employees, you've got to be more aggressive in some of the benefits you're offering them. So I recommended that he allow us to rewrite his policy manual and give him a new one. And it's not that expensive. Like you said, it's, mm-hmm. it can be done and 
It's not something you necessarily have to implement. I mean, mm-hmm. we do have a page in there. We ask each one of the staff people to sign, acknowledging that they've read and understand the contents. And I know they sign and return it, but I question whether they read it sometimes. <laughs> Because they'll sign the thing and return and return that page, and then they'll have a question a week later about something that's clearly delineated in the policy manual. So, you know, it's a fact of life. It happens. Yeah, right. Especially these. But days. everybody needs a policy manual, and that's one of the that's one of the easy mm-hmm. things to implement. I mean, it mm-hmm. just doesn't cost that much. I've had clients that said they went online and got one. I, I, I mean, I think we have a consultant that writes them. I think for. I don't know, two or three hundred dollars. Oh wow! Yeah, maybe not two, maybe three, <laughs> but it's just not a lot of cost. Right, right, right. And right. It, it makes the the staff feel better if they have a question; they don't have to ask. It saves a lot of questions, especially if you're a smaller practice. You don't have an office manager, then that's their go-to. That manual is your office manager. They look in there and they say, "Oh, there's the answer to my question right there." Right, right. And a lot of times they're same questions by the various employees, you know? I know that a lot of times they have questions regarding their time off, PTO, if there's a bonus system or not, or how does it work? So, yeah, I mean, having that manual, I I can see the benefit of it. And you're right, it it is fairly inexpensive. That's the part I think a lot of our clients are are not aware of is that it doesn't cost a lot of I myself has spoken to a client and he was like, Oh, I'm, I'm really afraid of hiring one of these companies. I don't know how expensive they are. You know, is there like a site like LegalZoom.com where I could just download a template that's already there and then maybe make a couple of edits. Well, you know, there's probably a lot of those out there, but if someone said to me that, uh, you know, I'm not sure I want to hire one of these firms. I don't know what they cost. Well, a phone calls, not expensive, and, <laughs> right. and, and and they'll tell you what they're going to charge you up front if they don't don't use them. But they're obligated to tell you up front, give you a quote. So call them and ask them what they would charge for a policy manual. If it's anything over five hundred dollars, you know, go somewhere else. Pass. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So that's the magic number there. If it's more than five hundred dollars, pass. Find another company to work with. Yeah. All right. What about the second one here? Well, you mentioned number four. On the list, you mentioned that. Oh, I did. Yes, so while talking about. So let's go there. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay. So let's talk about that. What is that? Well, people, clients, people in general call me and they say, I want to implement a bonus system. So number four here is bonus system. And the question then is, usually, how do I do that? Well, the implementing a bonus system is easy. It's the what kind of bonus system do you want to implement (laughs) that takes, I don't know, months sometimes to decide on. (laughs) Not really, not a month, but, you know, you could. Some docs get the information and they're overwhelmed and they just can't make a decision. But there's, there's different kinds of bonus systems. In the extreme case, I've had one client that has, I think, three different bonus systems for his office. He's got one for the hygienist. He's got one for the office manager. He's got one for everybody else. And I just think that's crazy. You know, I like to have one bonus system that, I mean, after all, we don't call them staff anymore. We call them team members. Mm -hmm. So it's a team. So everybody should be on the same team. If you have three bonus systems, you really don't have one team. You've got people pulling, potentially pulling in different directions because they're going to do whatever it takes them to bonus. Right. Okay. So if you have one bonus system that will allow all the team members to participate in it equally, so it doesn't matter on how much they get paid. I know the hygienists get paid more than the front desk and the chair side, but it's a team. So either we all win together or we all lose together. 
Right. Okay. So we 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 based the bonus system on collections. Mm-hmm. Now the the simple bonus system would be you base it on collections for a given month mm-hmm. compared to the prior year. Mm-hmm. But I think that leaves that particular system open to some potential manipulation. <laughs> Let's say you're having a bad month and you get close to the last three or four days of the month. Well, they realize they're not going to hit bonus that month. So they're going to crater the collections for the rest of the month, or they could. I'm sure none of our client staff does that. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> or team members, not staff. And, and so then they would try to collect everything the next month so they could bonus that month. Also, they might look at the prior year and say, oh, last year and this month, we had a really big month, but the month after that was one of our worst months of the year. So let's wait till that month to collect a lot this year so we can get a big bonus. Right. Okay. So I don't recommend a bonus based on a single month. Mm. What we recommend is a bonus system that covers a rolling three-month period. And it's not necessarily a quarter. You know, like you don't look at the first three months of the year, then the second three months, you look at the first three months of the year, then you look at February through April, Mm -hmm. then you look at March through May, Mm -hmm. then you look at April through June. So it's a rolling three months. Mm -hmm. And you compare that to the same period last year Mm -hmm. and then take a percentage of that and that's the bonus pool. And then you divide that evenly among your employees. And then the question is, if we have some part-time employees versus full-time how do we do that? Well, we give the part-timers less than 100% share. Mm-hmm. So if you've got seven staff people, mm-hmm. and let's say one of those is is works 20 hours a week or 25 hours a week, we give her a half share and everybody else a full share if they're full-time. So there's ways to do that for part-time employees as well. Oh, I see. Which makes sense. And that way everyone is equally part of the bonus system. Right. And it, it, it's the fairest system I've seen because it, it, it doesn't depend on any single month. It depends on three months together combined. Right, right, right. And that's an ingenious, creative way to go about it, if you ask me, as opposed to month to month. And you're right. There's always that, like, especially someone, I'm guessing the front desk people who are responsible for collecting, if they figure this out, they can try to do that, especially if they've been there for over a year. Well, you know, I mean, it's human nature. It happens. So, right, right, you know. right, right. Absolutely. So what we want to do is we want to really remove the potential of that happening by mm-hmm. implementing something where it doesn't matter. Right, right. So then I may have another question related to this. Sure. So the amount of collections received a lot of times may heavily depend on the people that are responsible for co- collecting. And what about the hygienist or some of the other people that are not making the phone calls to collect? In what respect? You mean in sharing in the bonus? Or to go above that goal so they can all collect bonuses? Well, you know, that before you collect it, you have to produce it. Ah, yes. And so it's it's really, yes, it's based on collections. But if you don't have production at some number more than what you collect, then you're not going to collect it. Exactly. Bingo. Right. So there. everybody is involved in production, mm-hmm. whether it's the chair side or the hygienist or the front desk. I right. mean, it, it's got to be a smooth, well-oiled machine. Some people say, well, my front desk doesn't have anything to do with production. Really? Well, who books your schedule? You know, who, who, who books the procedures? You know, so if they're doing procedures correctly, if they're block scheduling and, and they're scheduling to go by noon and then in the afternoon you're just setting crowns and doing non-productive procedures, then that's much more efficient than just randomly throwing things into the schedule whenever the patient can come in. Yeah, absolutely. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, And now any other popular bonus systems that you may want to talk to our listeners about? (sighs) 
Not really. I mean, okay. I, I say that because there are probably a lot of different bonus systems out there. I guess the most common one I see is always based on that single month mm-hmm. compared to the same month last year. Mm-hmm. And, and I just, you know, I just don't recommend that. It's just not always a good representation of what's going on in the practice. Right, right, right. I like the three-month rolling average much better. No, that makes perfect sense. Uh, oh, there was this one other one. Actually, I, I have a story for you guys. Good. <laughs> In fact, it was a fairly recent phone call that I've had. So this practice, which previously used to be owned by two people, two doctors, they had their own little bonus system going on in that practice. So, And this is how they would go about it. Now, I was aware of this after one of the partners took over the other partner's interest, and now obviously things have changed, but apparently this is how they had been doing business. Okay. So they apparently had a little box where all the cash patient fees that they would receive, they would put it inside that box. Never deposit in a bank account. The, the reason why they would do it was because they would wait till the end of the year and then open the box and whatever funds would be inside that box, they would split it 50-50 and that would be their bonus. So you, you mean they would accumulate the cash for the whole year? A whole year. Wow. Yes. So yes, I can How see. How big that. was the box? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. I actually asked him that, and he said, "Oh, you know, whenever there were small bills, I would change it out for bigger bills." I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay. So all the IRS agents can can hang up now. They don't have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so I did ask him about that. He said that well, end of the year, they would actually notify their CPA what that total amount was, and they would include it in the tax. Good return. for them. <laughs> Now, do you believe that? (laughs) I'm just sharing the story (laughs) that I've heard. And that was their way to go about it. Now, I can tell by your laughter and the look you're giving me that there were so many wrong things happening here, right? I mean, of course, the Iris thing right there. I mean, now he, according to him, they reported it. But of course, there's that scope that they may not, and that's not the right way to yeah. go about it. Okay, but let's back up a minute. Who shared in that bonus? Just the doctors? Just the doctors. Ah, I so see. Okay. It was just the two owners. This okay. was their year-end bonus, Okay, apparently. That's how they looked at it. And it. Well, how did the team get a bonus? No, the team didn't have a bonus system. So they actually, <laughs> <laughs> this was only for the two owners. Oh, got it. Okay, I'm, I'm real clear now what's going on. Okay. The second thing, well, the second thing is this. I mean, while I was sharing the story, Robert, you asked me, like, how big was the box, right? And that is something we never recommend to have that much cash yeah. Yeah. on a commercial property. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing if you have a petty cash of, let's say, $500 a month. But that much cash, never a good idea. In fact, when I asked him, like, did you ever feel like you had other people dip into that box? And they're like, yep. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Anytime, apparently, their petty cash was short on cash. Oh, they would uh, take money out of there. Out of there for staff lunch. Okay. And he okay. was like, because I never keep kept a tally of what was actually in there, I yeah. don't know if they took more or not. Huh. But my gut tells me they did. Interesting. Yeah. Real interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. We don't recommend that system. (laughs) Absolutely not. Definitely not. I want to make sure we're on record there. (laughs) Yes. No, no, no. Absolutely not. That was my reason for sharing this story because, you know, when I heard this, I I, I was kind of stumped and apparently they had been doing this for three years. Well, well, you know, I I would say that cash isn't the the issue that it used to be. You know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you know, people were getting maybe 
maybe as much as 5% of their collections were in cash. And these days, I'm not even sure it's 2%. I mean, everybody uses credit cards or insurance. Very few people, and, and checks don't count as cash. I mean, when I say cash, I mean, you know, greenbacks. And there's just not that many people that pay cash. Now, some of our listeners might be in certain parts of the country where that's not true. <laughs> where there's a preponderance of cash available because people don't trust banks. And, right. and sure, that, that happens. I understand that does happen. So there are exceptions to every rule, but we do not recommend that bonus system. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. On the record. <laughs> and the other thing that I've seen, and honestly, I think it works. I don't think I've ever sat down and crunched numbers to see how effective it is, which is instead of giving out a cash bonus system, what the owner will do is They'll buy gift cards every quarter. They'll buy a bunch of $20 gift cards that they'll set up these mini goals for people like daily goals. They're like, oh, whoever will hit this will get the first choice of okay. the gift cards sure. that they have. Yeah. And it costs maybe $20 per week. That's okay. $80. That's, that's very affordable. Okay. And apparently the team likes it. There's a competitiveness there. That's also something that people can consider. Well, see, that, I wouldn't, you're right, that's sort of a form of bonus, but you know, I wouldn't have thought of that as a bonus because that brings up a something that I thought of, and that is every once in a while I'll recommend to a doctor that they will just randomly, you know, hand out a, you know, I don't know, a, 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 like you said, a $20 card, but maybe Whataburger or, or Target or Starbucks. Chick-fil-A or, yeah, Starbucks. Yeah, I have a whole another thing to say about Starbucks. <laughs> Shouldn't be paying that much for coffee. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> no, I'm totally with you. But, you know, just, just at random where they don't expect it, they're not competing for it. It's just, you know, okay, one day we had, I don't know, maybe we collected an extraordinarily large amount and here's the gift card. Thank you guys. And, here it, and when it's unexpected, it creates bigger results. Mm, I see. So maybe this is one of those things that you don't mention in the employee handbook. Oh yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, that this is a a surprise kind of thing. You yeah. you just do it when they have done something extraordinary, whether it's one of them or the whole team. Right. Uh, and maybe these days, maybe you give a you know a hundred dollar uh, gas card. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> that's, yeah, it's one fill up, right? <laughs> right. Oh goodness. But yeah. something like that that's unexpected, I think, creates a, a more excitement, and then they know. Okay, well, I wonder what it takes to do that again. Right. You know? Yeah. And yeah. what am I going to get? Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. I haven't even thought about that. Like, just don't tell them about it. Well, you remember you remember in our practice when during the pandemic and we had one of our Zoom meetings? Uh-huh. You remember this? You know where I'm going? Mm-hmm. I do. And um, I wasn't thinking of giving out any kind of a gift card for anything. But one person on the Zoom call had a, a, a background that caught my attention. Everybody else was just, I think they had their ceiling fans going around in the background or something, (laughs) (laughs) or their cats jumping across their monitors. And this one person had this great background. And so I sent her a gift card because, you know, of her professional background. Right, right, right. I thought it looked great. So just little things. It can be anything. doesn't have to be related to the practice Mm -hmm. of dentistry or whatever. Right. No, absolutely. It's it's all about creating that culture. Excitement. And excitement. Yep. Of course. Yep. Yes, yes. Okay, so... Bonus system, what's next on the list? How about you have on here bulletin board? Why don't we talk about practice monitor or target board? Yes, Those absolutely. are a couple of things. And, and you know, I, I know I hear people groaning <laughs> when I say practice monitor, but it, it's not difficult to fill out. It's, you know, typically once a month. 
The target board is daily, but the practice monitor is once a month. But I'll tell you, it's a, we have a practice monitor that we give our clients, and it's one page. And it's really a dashboard that enables me to look at it and tell if everybody's, I say everybody, if the doctor or doctors, plural, and hygienists are producing to goal, if the practice is collecting to goal, tells me how the front desk is doing because it tells me what receivables are and I know what they should be based on production. It tells me whether their marketing program is working well because it shows me how many new patients they're getting. And it tells me how the hygiene department's working because it gives me four different procedures that enable me to calculate certain hygiene open time and what is it, the, the periodontal treatment percentage. So just by having that one monitor, we get a, a lot of information on it. And I would say, in all honesty, the majority of the dentists out there, hygiene departments are underperforming. I think that's an area where almost at least half of the practices out there could improve. Yeah, I would completely have to agree with you on that. So I, I would strongly implement or strongly recommend implementing the, the target board and the practice monitor. The target board is a daily mm-hmm. where you're posting collections and production daily by provider. And it just gives you information that you can monitor. Now, if you're talking to a DSO, they mon- some DSOs monitor these things hourly. Mm. I think that's, I wouldn't say overkill. I mean, that particular DSO is very efficient. Mm. But they monitor these things hourly. And if they see something that's, you know, that drops below a certain level for a couple hours in a row, mm-hmm. they'll send someone out there to see what's going on. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I can think of a couple of clients that also do it. In fact, you know, Tamara that we've had on one of our early episodes mentioned that she likes to keep a record of her cost per hour. Okay. That's at, great. At the practice where yep. she works. Yep. Yeah, a lot of times I'll have a client on the phone and I'll say, well, what's your average daily production? Mm-hmm. And they have no clue, mm-hmm. you know, and how much is your average production per patient? Right. Right. Now, right. they don't know those numbers and you should know those numbers. You know, if you can measure it, you can improve it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So you can post those things on a bulletin board. Yes. And where would you typically hang this bulletin board? In the, what do you call it, the staff break room or okay. the, the kitchen or whatever you call that area back there. Okay. Some Sometimes you have a, a lounge. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right, right, over there. Yeah. And maybe some other things there too. I'm thinking, you know, I've had someone tell me that they have these things called daily huddles. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, whatever goals they set. More groans. <laughs> <laughs> and, yes, I did say daily, where they'll have this, like, raisable board on that bulletin board, mm-hmm. and they'll jot down certain things that they have to. No, I agree. They would like to meet. No, the daily huddle is, is great. I think it's valuable. You know, I think what it does is it gives the, the team the opportunity in the morning to sort of go over the schedule. And, you know, the doctor should know, you know who's expected to come in today and the procedures he's going to be doing. It, you don't just live hour to hour. You know, you should know ahead of time what's going on on your schedule. Right. And then you also still have time to fix it. You know, if you have a meeting in the morning and you have some open time in the afternoon, well, that gives you three or four hours to fill that in if you can. I mean, a a dental schedule is like an airplane. You know, once it leaves the ground, you know, or once that hour passes, that seat is empty forever. You can't Mm -hmm. fill it up. So you fill it up with whatever procedure you can, and it's going to make you more money than it would if it was empty. That's absolutely right. And it's funny because uh, the daily huddles is was the other thing on my list here, too. Yeah. And since we're talking about it, I guess we can continue talking about it. And, And I guess the other thing I would add to what you just said is that having the entire team on the same page. Yes. I mean, I would think that's the 
the overarching theme here is that the huddle allows everyone to be on the same page. Absolutely. Yes, it, it really is valuable. Now, a lot of the, the clients will tell me it's too much trouble. That's the one where I get the pushback. And so they may discontinue doing it or they may only do it a couple of days a week. But again, the most successful practices we work with are those that do that on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a correlation there. Right. And we can see it because we have so many clients. But, you know, one doctor in one practice can't really see the benefit of it because he's got no basis for comparison. Right. There's no benchmark. Yeah, absolutely. And then how important it is for the owner doc to be part of that huddle? Critically important. I mean, <laughs> if he's not there, it's going to fall apart. Right, right, right. He has to be the leader. Right, right. You know, I think he or she. You're right, right. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> they have to be the leader. Absolutely. And if they're not there or if they show up late consistently, those are complaints I've had from team members. Well, the doctor doesn't show up on time, so we kind of don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that that's not a valid complaint. I mean, get the doctor there on time. Right. And that can actually negatively affect the morale within the office. Yes. I mean, it, it is a domino effect. Mm-hmm. You know, you quit having the huddle. They realize, hey, he's late. It's not important to him. So why should it be important to me? Exactly. So then morale suffers. And yes, exactly, absolutely. Exactly. So once you implement one of these things, it's critical that you remain consistent with it. Absolutely. And if you are to, let's say, diminish one of these things, Find it ahead of time. Do not let your employees think that, you know, it has just fallen off the wagon and, you know, you're just not serious about things. So great topics, things to also consider to implement. Honestly, they're very cost effective, fairly simple, just requires minimal effort. Minimal cost. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And with great results, honestly, from what we've seen from our clients that have these things implemented. So hopefully you guys will like some of the things that we talked about in our episode. Now, if you guys have questions for us, please reach us at info at eandassociates.com. And that's and spelled out A-N-D. And we look forward to hearing from you guys. Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond Bite Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more info, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.